0: All right, we are recording. So how was your Christmas been? Oh, it was awesome. Had some good time off, good food, good time with family. So it was nice. Yeah, we didn't talk about food. What did you you have? So we had all kinds of Christmas goodies, probably like way too much sugar. So (laughs) that's what I love, you know, cookies, (laughs) pie, ice cream, all that kind of stuff. Did I tell you (laughs) about when Emmanuel got sick? Was that before we went on our break or
1: during it was during. Yeah.
0: It was during. Okay, uh-huh. so
1: <laughs> so we've been really into um, making, I guess, what's classified as a compote, which to me is you just reduce something down into oh, more yeah. of a liquid from a solid to liquid. Uh-huh. And generally, for me, I don't know the truth because I'm not a chef, um, but we were doing it for toppings of ice cream. So we did Ooh. blackberries, blueberries. This time we did raspberries. Nice. And <laughs> Emmanuel and my daughter uh, picked out, uh, Amadee's picked out, uh, a version of vanilla. I think they got old-fashioned or French, whatever it was. We made the compote, <laughs> added the little sugar, whatever it was, made their little thing. He ate a huge portion of it. Like I, <laughs> for whatever reason, I usually serve them to control that part. Yeah. Or at least monitor and not control, I should say. And all of a sudden, 30 minutes after, <laughs> I thought he was praying, right? But it looked awkward like because his knees were on the floor and his oh, head yeah. was on the oh, on the no. mattress. <laughs> and I was like, are you praying? I kinda of started laughing. He goes, No, like I feel sick. And uh. I look at the huge bowl, which like there was just remnants, right? You could tell that there was <laughs> something there, but he ate it so much uh. so quick. And Amadis <laughs> is like smiling, enjoying hers. I still had a little bit of mind left. I'm like, dude, like what what happened? And he goes, I think it was the dessert. But this is ex- this is I think the exact quote he said. He goes, I think it was the ice cream and compote or the cookies. <laughs> Or the drink. And I'm like, wait, what? And I was like, where did you fit all this stuff in? And he goes, and I was like, well, what, what cookies? And he's like, oh, the cookies that we had with, uh, they call my mom, um, uh, what, Grammy? I think they call her oh, Grammy. Yeah, yeah. They're like, the chocolate chip cookies we had with Grammy. And then the drink that <laughs> I had, like the horchata. I think he had horchata. And then, you know, your ice cream. I was like, dude, you think, like, what? what do you think was going to happen in this? Learn that one
0: the hard way. Yeah,
1: learn that one the hard way. So for our cold start today... Sorry, listeners, we caught you right off the bat. I was thinking this week about a lot of things, and one of them was spending time with our fathers, like spending time with dads. And I wanted to ask you on our cold start, catch you fresh. What is one of your fondest memories or things that you used to
0: love to do with your dad or fondest memories? Oh, man. When I was a little kid, we would go, little kid, like four or five, we would go fishing. And I always I always thought that was a lot of fun as a little kid.
1: <laughs> it must have been completely opposite of, of mine because at, <laughs> at le- every time I went fishing with my dad, something would always um, irk him. Like, he'd get annoyed at something. And oh, it was yeah. always usually, like, if the reel, like, the line got yeah, twisted yeah. Yeah. in a knot. And then he would just... <laughs> I just remember that. Like so, constantly. like,
0: you're going to think I grew up on the Andy Griffith show. But, <laughs> like, we would go... Um, So like my dad would stop at the same store and get what's called long johns, which are like, yeah, kind of like a pastry sleeve full of, um, cream. And then like, we literally had the 10 foot long cane poles (laughs) and we just go, go do that. That was fun. Um, and I do remember we would go... He would take me to baseball games and stuff like that. That was always really enjoyable.
1: No, for me, it was... Uh, um, I mentioned this, I think, before on the show, was movies. Oh, yeah. Like, we always liked watching... <laughs> we never got along with a lot of things, but movies we always bonded over. Yeah, yeah. And one of our favorites was watching um, uh, Leslie Nielsen in The Naked Gun. Oh, The yeah. original. Like, <laughs> we loved that movie and would crack up. And, like, I w- he would always... Not only get a kick out of watching it with me, yeah. but afterwards or the day after or the entire week when I was younger, reciting the quotes. The like, lines, cause, yeah, yeah, 'cause Yeah, because he would just bring them back. But one of the fondest memories that I was thinking of this week, because this week we were watching uh, when I would um, uh, eat lunch with them when I get home from work. Um, we would be watching Seinfeld. Okay. And that triggered a memory from I think it was year 2010. We were watching... Uh, A movie called predators okay and the theme was uh it was a sequel to the Arnold Schwarzenegger one and it was a packed movie theater and we had these two seats in the century at folsom that were they weren't um the handicap section but they were kind of sectioned off so it was just two kind of random by themselves usually like how a handicap seating is but it wasn't yeah and so (laughs) my dad's hearing was already kind of like on the fritz by then (laughs) packed movie theater opening weekend And he said in the morning, like our, we always had kind of like a ritual. We'd show up early, we'd get a large popcorn, large soda, icy, whatever it was, Yeah, yeah. go, and we'd always somehow get sick because we'd finished the popcorn and soda before (laughs) the movie started, right? So at the time, I remember being on a health kick and he's like, you know, popcorn, soda, popcorn, soda. I'm like, no, man, like, no, let's, let's be good. And he's like, oh, okay, whatever, right? We made it through the previews, five, 10 minutes in the opening scenes. And I'm like, you know what? I I, I regret this. I, I'm going to go get popcorn and soda, right? And all of a sudden, he goes, I, I lean in, and I'm like, hey, do you want some popcorn and soda? And I kid you not, like, packed movie theater. He's like, what? And I'm, like, <laughs> and I'm whispering, trying to whisper it in his ear. I'm like, would you like some popcorn and soda? What? <laughs> like, and people are turning around at this point, like, "What is going on?" And then I just kind of shout, "Like, would you like some popcorn and soda?" And then he responds, "Yes!" Like, and by this point, like half of the theater, the people in our city, were just dying laughing because they kind of put together the exchange happening and I'll never forget that. That was one oh, of Oh, that's
0: funny. Yeah, that was
1: <laughs> so Predators starring Adrian Brody, I believe it was. That was a a good one. So, here we go with the intro and let's kick off the show. Right, as we nail that transition
0: 100%, what do we have for the listeners today? Today we're talking in our series of godly men. We're talking about John the Baptist, so I'm excited to talk about him. He's got some really interesting things for for us to go over.
1: That is to say the least. So I, I had a lot of questions, but I had to bring it down because I got really stuck on the part um, where, what was his diet? What did his diet consist of? Locusts and honey. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> And I'm like, right away, my brain went off on a tangent because I was um I was uh I had something on in the background. And then I forgot, like your one recommendation was when, you know, you you read the Bible was just ha- be in a quiet spot. Yeah, right? yeah. Just yourself. So right away, I got distracted. But prior to me um turning off the TV when I was reading it and I read that, like my brain went off. And once again, to in and out Burger, I was like, oh, man, how cool would that be? <laughs> If God commissioned me to be Chris the Baptist, but my diet was like you know In-N-Out Burger <laughs> and all this other stuff, cause, but that couldn't have been farther from In-N-Out Burger. Like if anything, I was like, why locust and honey? Does it? They're ever...
0: Christian, right? So In-N-Out could have a locust burger, <laughs> <laughs> like some new health, you know, health kick.
1: No. Oh my! Oh, here's a question for you about In-N-Out Burger. What's the how many patty? What is the most amount of patties you've ever had on one?
0: uh probably two. two i'm not all that adventurous when i Did comes you know about out. the
1: secret menu to where they'll add like they call it a triple triple or a yeah, quad, yeah. Triple. oh uh-huh. my like i was like there's no there's no way <laughs> so, and this is me saying that i was like there's, there's no way i'm
0: sure some guys put it down no problem but there, I, w- I don't eat a lot
1: so that's why yeah. i got that's why it um I was referencing it because within the past month, someone at UPS said that they would eat two in a row, two triple triples. That's six. Two ha- triple triples. Yeah. Wow. And, That's and a lot of food. The guy was yeah. super fit, so he probably just burnt it off. Yeah, Like, yeah. you know, in the gym, <laughs> no problem. But I was just like that. The one time I tried it, I didn't like it because the ratio was off. Oh, That's yeah. why I think the, yeah. the cheeseburger is great. Double-double is phenomenal because the meat to all the other goodies ratio is perfectly spot on. Yeah. But the one time I tried the triple that was my critique was like i was like the ratios too much too much yeah yeah so and the bible definitely talks about <laughs> <laughs> so,
0: you can have too much of a good thing yeah. a good,
1: as my son knows now with the <laughs> ice cream the cookies and the horchata yeah so, too much.
0: <laughs> so what is the first bullet point you want to talk about today so i think when we talk about you know verses related to john the baptist there's a famous verse um, John three thirty that says he must increase, uh, but I must decrease, and so John is saying that about Jesus. And kind of the background is his John's disciples come to him and they're like, "Hey, everybody's leaving you and going to Jesus," and he's like, "That's good. You know, he must increase, I must decrease," and so I I think that's so important for us as we try to be godly men or women, is that we have a mindset of I want to make Christ increase in the eyes of others um, and not, not me. So, so we need to say Christ is really more important than my quote-unquote brand, um, whether that's just a simple thing as far as saying I'm going to love someone even if it makes me look silly, even if they don't reciprocate my love, um, I'm gonna be willing to put myself out there, put my quote-unquote brand on the line to, to help other people learn about Jesus. To maybe really big things where you're, um, gonna say I'm, I'm not gonna do this business deal or whatever because I know it would not please the Lord. Um, and and we need to put that above our our personal success. Like it, it's not about us. It's not about making money or, or reaching goals' it's, it's about exalting Christ. So a, a godly person, they're going to be happy uh, that Christ is being magnified even if it's to their their personal loss, their loss of brand, their loss of success um, as long as they know that Christ is being lifted up. Um, so that, that's a godly person who's who's willing to put aside their pride, their success to point. Um, other people to jesus and make jesus big in the eyes of others
1: here's one thing and now it's confession time <laughs> Chris. oh that's the that should be uh, running from one of my skits as uh was a confession corner with chris so, <laughs> so here's, here's my confession of the week is that and i'll give you a little bit of backstory I reached out to a friend um because i was reading through proverbs she popped in my head Texted her said hey Just thought of you. And I explained, hey, reading Proverbs, you popped up in my head. um, Is there anything I can pray for? Right. So we exchanged some texts and she asked, she's like, what can I pray for you? And one of them, once again, that I brought to, thankfully, the prayer group at church um, that I go to on Wednesday nights. But then it when she asked, this is what came immediately to mind was my anger or as I describe it, like the wrath that I have. Yeah. And um and once again, like how you taught me and and educated me very well, thank you again. Is that it doesn't always have to be physical. It's the thoughts that you have and the intent, because God sees all, right? right. And it's not mm-hmm. it's not the outward worldly projections. It's what we're picturing or wanting to do on the inside, right? And so I just you know described to her, gave a little bit of backstory that like I'm gonna say now is that I've always had that since I was a kid because of things that. Happened, And my motto with, with when I grew older, it definitely became um, my motto essentially. But it was like, well, I can't get hurt if I hurt them first. Right. Mm-hmm. If I say something quick, sarcastic and what I would slide in is I would hide it under the umbrella of comedy. Yeah. But to me, looking back, it was still wrathful because it was meant to hurt. Right. Yeah. It was meant mm-hmm. to kind of cut deep. And I would disguise it in a comedic tone with a laugh, with my smile and whatever it may be. It, to me, looking back, it wasn't good. Yeah. So I asked her to pray for that because it used to be like what I would describe as my superpower. Like I was very quick witted, thought very quick, would speak even quicker. Not really think about the things that I was saying or how it would affect the person. right? Right. Yeah. And I just simply, as I put in the text to her, I don't want it anymore. Where this is coming is or where this is going is at church, like everything that you've helped me with develop, how God has been working through me, all this stuff at church, I would say, and this is just, you know, going through it quickly, act a 10 out of 10, right? Yeah. Always polite, always happy, (laughs) yada, yada, going (laughs) through that, right? At home, still doing well, passing grade. At UPS, however, that's where stuff takes a turn. And it really started to dawn on me, Um, with my new position on the purple box line going into peak season coming out of peak season i still think i have a winning track record however if you were to ask people at church is that person a godly man they'd more you know maybe say yes home yes friends yes ups there'd definitely be a divide And it got Hmm. so much to where someone actually said something in passing as a joke. So I didn't find that as a coincidence. Yeah. And it really made me think about that. Hmm. And just like you said, so in the cliff notes of the Bible that you gifted me, it says, he must become greater, I must become less. And that to me started ringing true this week and really, really made me take a step back to think about it. Is I would start to justify in my own head the conversations that I'd have with myself. Be like, oh, well, people at church deserve the good Chris, right? My friends, Ben deserves the best Chris. Right. My parents deserve the best Chris. People at UPS don't because of X, Y, and Z. But I couldn't have been further from the truth. And that really had to, hmm. I really had to check myself on that because once again, how the Bible educated me, you educated me it is a 24 7 365 thing day a year thing to do yeah it's you know and that really um how john the baptist was bringing you know like like you said he became less jesus became greater right that was a godly thing i it just really bothered me and myself and 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 really looking back on on that of how people would describe me within the past couple months and the fact that there had been a divide, it's like, ah, I missed that one. But you know, there is a chance to correct it. So I'm looking forward to that.
0: Yeah. There's always a chance we can always do better. And so that's, that's a really good thought of man. And in, in every sphere of our life, are we living out exalting Christ? Because it's easy, like you said, well, easier at church to talk about God because everyone's talking about God yes. or, you know, maybe with your family, it's, it might be um, a little bit easier. Sometimes it's worse at home, just depending on each person. But yeah. at work, where no one cares about God for the most part, it's really hard to keep that same level um, because, yeah, they, it's just not their mindset at all. I, I, I get that 100%. Yeah.
1: And that was that. See? <laughs> all in God's timing. That's why I wrote down this was going back to the cliff notes of Matthew uh, chapter three, verse eight. It basically says, how do your actions match up with your words? Yeah. And that is to me what I want to round to come Monday at UPS is is to have my actions speak more of my words. I still talk very little at UPS, but my actions, my demeanor is specifically right. Like how I carry myself. It's to me, I was justifying it just to give a little back backstory. was we have to get those boxes in the truck. So right. my mentality was always kind of like a um, a game seven type thing. Like right. you had to be, I had to be on it and I can still get things done, but as I've been trying to live my life through the Bible, I can easily do that better there. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's part of godliness. You know, we're talking about our actions and our words aligning and we could use the word integrity. Yes. You know, um, that's a, That's a hard one for any Christian to swallow because we all have just sometimes um, glaring areas in our lives where we're not uh, reaching God's standard, and um, I I get that. I I have the same struggles in my life where I I see all these areas where I'm not practicing what I'm preaching, and so we can pray for help and um, do our best to improve daily and God is gracious to help us grow.
1: Yes. Now let's get back to the eating locusts. And honey.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't think it was really a badge of honor or it's just <laughs> that he, he lived a life of, you know, it said he wore, um, camel skin and, um, you know, so he's got the, these rough garments. He's, um, living out in the wilderness. He's eating locusts and honey. So he's kind of living off the land as it were. Um, but that's what God had called him to do is, is to prepare the way for Christ. And I, I don't want to make a point on that. Meaning when he says that he must increase and I must decrease, I don't want to have people go too far to the point where they think that, well, you know, I just have to make myself nothing and be a doormat mm-hmm. and, um, you know, never do anything, never talk or speak out. What John the Baptist's specific role— was to prepare the way for Christ. So um, we don't want to take that too far, because sometimes God will put us in positions of authority or give us a bigger platform to spread His message. So, so I want to put a, a, a balancing caveat in yeah. there, but that was His role, was to really be this kind of out-in-the-desert um, voice in an unusual way for God. And and he used that platform for, um, you know, strongly convicting people of sin, um, calling them out and, and getting people ready for Christ. And I think that's something that a godly person does. uh, Maybe not in the same way John the Baptist did, but we have to have courage to point people to Christ when they need him.
1: And, I was gonna say, like on that little caveat. I think that's why it's so difficult, is because, or going back to my reference point, one, all our listeners out there, <laughs> you know, the millions of you across <laughs> the world. The reason one, I go, yeah, the reason the reason I go off on these little tangents is one is to openly admit that I am human. That there's no, yeah, you know, there's no question there. But then, two, my hope is that. As we talk through these things as, you know, humans, as sinners, people can learn from it so they can reflect on themselves wherever they're at in their life. And it's my whole motto basically is I call them before like landmines. Right. If you and I are walking through a, a field and I step on a landmine, a.k.a. a sin, an error, something that I am faulty at. Right. What type of person would I be if I called you a friend, a brother in faith? And I'm laying there and I'm like, and I don't say anything. You're just like, hey, how are you doing? And I watch you walk on the same thing. So that's most likely or that is not most likely. That is why I'm so open and and I talk the way I do is because, you know, people can learn from success, but you can also learn from someone else's errors. You you just have to be open enough to admit them and to say them. Um. Yes, mom, your your bacon cooking smells good right now <laughs> in our studio. Um.
0: What was bullet point number two? So I think kind of the opposite side of that coin, where you have first, you know, godliness places the glory uh, uh, of Christ above ourselves, and and maybe not the opposite, but another point there is that the godly man or godly woman is going to point others to Jesus. So we can't just say, "Well, don't look at me." We have to give them who they should be pointing at, and that is Christ. And, and like I said, that was John the Baptist's mission. Um, Jesus talks about John the Baptist in Matthew 11, and he says that um, that I have sent my messenger before your face who will prepare your way before you. So in talking about John the Baptist, so he is the messenger that was point, pointing others to Christ. And and we have that same mission, um I think it was Jim Elliot, a missionary who said every believer ought to be bringing people to a point of decision where they're going to follow Christ or not. And so that is that is part of our 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 role as godly people is pointing people to Christ because we don't want people to to be all about us. Yes. Because we're going to fail people, right? And we're going to say dumb things or do dumb things. Not on this show. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Or we don't know, you know, we don't know everything we should or or could. So we need to point people to Christ. And we point people to Christ, I think, by um, really, to use an old phrase, you know, like salting the oats, making them thirsty for the scriptures, because that's where Jesus is and that's where they're going to grow. Like we don't want to create clones of ourselves we yes. want to create people that love jesus so pointing them to the word pointing them to encouraging them to pray themselves and talk to god and really just wetting their appetite for god himself they may not you know take everything that we have to say but if they if we know that they're loving christ then that's going to be true victory
1: i love that so on that note i wrote a couple questions for you what is your favorite color? <laughs>
0: <laughs> My favorite color. Oh wow. No,
1: that was the Monty <laughs> Python <song> reference for <laughs> everyone who Monty Python the Holy G- you've never seen that one? I haven't on Oh listeners, oh please tell me someone <laughs> got that out there. <laughs> Old Sinners New Saints on Instagram and uh you can reach us on the Spotify, I've right? I've heard now. some
0: quotes from the movie. Yeah. But yeah. No, that
1: is yeah, yeah. that is one of the most um quotes and it, it got used so much uh during like when I was, uh, watching it and getting into the movies, because it's one of the most infamous ones. Uh, King Arthur and I forget who's left by that point on their quest for the Holy Grail. Uh-huh. They have to cross this bridge, and ask these uh, answer these riddles, and the guy asks one of them, like, "What is your favorite color?" And the guy goes, "Blue. No green, or something like that." And he gets you know he, he gets killed. Oh, like yeah. he gets cast <laughs> off. So, <laughs> I just remember. So, so many quotes from that, but one, you kind of already answered it, but if you want to um, touch on a little more, I wrote one, how important is it that we prepare people for Jesus? And two, what if you don't? But more importantly, if you don't, like if you consider yourself a Christian, right? And, and, and you go by this, I I hate to dumb it down, but I'll just say for the sake of argument, like a checklist, like I go to church, I read the Bible, I'm a Christian, Yeah. but you don't bring people to Jesus. But more importantly, for a forward progression number three, where would be if someone doesn't do it? Where would be a
0: great place to start? So the really in, so if if we don't point people to Jesus, we create uh, an army of, of of Pharisees and hypocrites. Oh, because we have people that have that are following our quote unquote standards they're trying to live up to our expectations and um they began to see those things as as paramount or the same as scripture gotcha so so those people then when their leader fails which they will or they're they they start realizing that their leader makes a lot of mistakes is not perfect their foundation crumbles from under them and they're left, they're left, um, you know, as sheep without a shepherd because their shepherd's been, um, unfaithful in how he's done his work and his work will probably collapse around him. But a man, and it's natural, like you probably feel this with the, with the pastor that speaks and preaches from regularly. There's a, there's a, um, you know, we respect and want to know that man and um, that's good and that's right. But uh, we want to build people that have a solid foundation in Christ uh, so that when, you know, bad things happen in their life or in their church and, and the leaders that they thought were um, perfect, you know, hopefully they're telling them regularly that they're not. But the leaders, when leaders make mistakes, their, their faith isn't crushed. Yes. Or um, when life doesn't go the way that they want it to, they're not crushed because their their hope is in Jesus, not in a person. So that's a really. And, and just on another, if 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 you're controlling people to the point where you're maybe not on a purpose, but I should if you're not giving people the foundation of Christ and the scripture, um, you're you're setting yourself up to be a very prideful person because people are looking to you in a sense as, as a, um, almost in a godlike position, determining gotcha. right from wrong, and um, that should never be the case. You know, you should never come, you, you're, although the Bible does give pastors spiritual authority, the ultimate authority ought to come from the Scriptures, and if they can't defend what they're asking you to do from the Bible, then, then we shouldn't um, be listening to, to that. So I think it's for twofold. If we talk about people as sheep um, and, and church leaders as shepherds, both need protection. Sheep need protection from overbearing shepherds. And shepherds sometimes need protection from themselves by putting themselves in a place of authority that they shouldn't be in. Yeah. Uh, so that's why we really have to—and and Jesus is the only perfect one. He's really the only person that will truly satisfy us. You know, your pastor can never take every phone call that you want to talk to them about or respond to every text in exactly the right way. You know, it's just that people are not designed to be our Savior. Yeah. Jesus is. So we need desperately need to point people to him so that they can they can grow in that regard. And then you asked, what was your third question? Well, one,
1: it was definitely just confirmed that all the dumb stuff is said on this side of the table. (laughs) The show. Third one was, if we're if we're not like I, if I consider myself Christian, I read the Bible, I go to church, but I am not purposely leading people to Christ. Hmm. Where would be a good for our listeners a good place to start?
0: Yeah, I think a good place to start would be, what do I know about Jesus? And how can I help people be more like that? So it's it's really if you want to make somebody like someone else, you have to know that person. Yes. You know, like if you wanted to, I don't know, uh, throw the football like Tom Brady. You'd have to analyze, you know, how he throws his mechanics, and then copy that pattern. That but if we want to know Christ and help others be like Christ, we have to know Christ. Um, ourselves, and we do that by reading the Bible. You know, it's um, that should be pretty obvious that, especially Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, we have four different beautiful accounts that give us the life of Christ from different perspectives. Studying those, you know, asking questions like, how does Jesus respond when um, something goes bad, or when something goes well, and and then modeling those things in our lives. Um, that's the first step, uh, to, to helping others be like Christ is ourselves being Christ-like. And then, um, we can over time begin to see and help people become more Christ-like.
1: I love that. And while you were saying that, um, from my own perspective, here is one true example. So I have a friend who, (laughs) um, let me gather my thoughts for one second. One, is when I pointed people to Christ in this very very short window of of time, or recently, it came in the form of questions. When yeah. people and and specifically, it was in the form of compliments. Now, you know me pretty well. The listeners will get to know me, but I do not do well with compliments. Like yeah. they're like because I'm just not used to them. The way I was raised, everything going on, just they um I'm just they're very foreign to me. So when someone would compliment me. And the friend that I'm thinking of when he would say something like, oh, you're and, and I do not deserve this at all. But I was talking about something and he said, you're very talented. Yeah. And I get kicked back. I have, the, you know, I make this <laughs> smirk like I'm just like, no, I'm not. The third time he said it, it dawned on me and I was like, well, I'm not. But, you know, God is blessing me as such. That's him working yeah. through me. And that to me was a huge eye opener for opportunity. Because when he was complimenting me, I finally, through your help, through the church, through reading the Bible, was finally given that opportunity. Instead of making a joke about it, I used it finally to point to Christ. Mm -hmm. And I was like, you should have seen the smile on my face. (laughs) I think it was the biggest one ever because I was like, aha, like the light bulbs are going off. And so that that to me, I think, for um, was when someone tries to... I think that would also be maybe a good place to start if if that is one is when is because to me, when I picture that, right, leading people to Christ, John the Baptist was out there baptizing people. Right. Right. Uh I picture the life that I'm in and I'm like, like, one, I don't know enough scripture, so I'm not I'm not that um, educated yet. Right. Two, I I just pictured me dunking people in the river, (laughs) right, in the Sacramento River. I mean, like, I'm not at that level. But once again, God made John the Baptist. John the Baptist. He right. made Ben Ben, and he made me me. So yeah. how can I do that in my version? And that is my very simplistic version: is when I get compliments or I get praised for something, however big or little it is, yeah, I point people north.
0: I think that's great. I think that you know nobody, like you said, we're not called to be John the Baptist, and we don't have to bap- baptize people. Um, but what we are called to do. You know Jesus says, "Go into all the world and make disciples." Yes. So, um, so we have the message, and we need to share that message with other people. Uh, so that's that's what we can do. And I think, you know, pointing people to the truth, like you're doing, by saying that my ability comes from God. Uh, what scripture we do know, um, getting that to people in a in a way that um, you know, is not. Offensive, but um, I mean, unnecessarily offensive, but. Getting the truth to people, the scripture to people, being that example of Christ to people—that's that's what God wants us to do. Yeah,
1: that's that's awesome. I was just thinking—I <laughs> like, was laughing so hard when I was when I was reading through uh, for prepping for the show, and I just was picturing that. Just like all of a sudden, you're on a walk with your kids on the little pebble beach out here, and then like you just see me dunking, <laughs> people's heads, and you're like, "Chris, what are you doing, man?" It's like, "Oh, you don't jump them." You're like, "No, man, you're so far off the mark." That's not even. <laughs> <laughs> That's not what you're meant to do, but <laughs> like at even in the slightest. But um, real quick, I wanted to give a shout out to uh, all our fans in Baltimore, specifically the Baltimore Ravens, because I don't know if I sent it to you on Instagram, but this was very, very inspirational. But I guess they have they have been in the past, but even recently now, uh-huh. praying in their locker room as a team. And oh, it is just cool. something. It huh. is so cool to see, yeah. like at that level with the spotlight in front of cameras. Yeah. And each time I see something of it, like as a team, they're all bound down, holding. Hand. I'm like, that is that is cool,
0: awesome. Yeah. So that is very cool. Yeah, like you know, the world is not. They don't want people to see that. They don't want yeah. people to know. But there are, you know, we we just from over time you'll hear of people that love God in in every position, you know, in government and um, the wor- workforce. So it's always really cool to hear about how God's working in in different lines. That's cool. That is
1: it was it was just super cool to see every time it comes across um, my feed and I'm just so happy that my feed got cleaned up a lot by the by the algorithm that's running in oh, the yeah. background and the things yeah. that I like uh-huh. that that thing comes the, the, the more things like that come across. Uh, Even more. And so, did you have any more
0: bullet points for today on John the Baptist? So, I think as we talk about, you know, godly men or women point others to Jesus. So, we talked about fostering devotion to the Word of God, getting them to know the Bible. We talked about that, encouraging prayer, and then finding ways to, I think, help people change their, as God works in their hearts, change their appetites for, from, Things that they were formerly into um, that did not please God, to getting desires for things that do please God, you know, serving other people, um, th- things like that, that will help us help people to know Jesus and grow in their walk with God. So I just wanted to bring that up too. It's not, can't be just Bible reading and prayer. We have to, we have to change, we have to grow, and we have to get out and serve and develop an appetite for God.
1: I hope you and I get called to serve people in like million dollar homes <laughs> <laughs> on the beach, Lord Mount, like Hawaii. <laughs> and you play anything on my list of places I want to travel. Now, but going back to the UPS thing, I think that's what I'm definitely one of the many things um, I'm being prepped for is like I mentioned probably before to you or most likely on the show as well as is, is. It's how do I say this? easier to serve at church yeah very hard to serve where i work right and that i think is what is um being built in me and and i love that is because one of the quotes that i've always hung on to was the devil cares about our comfort but god cares about our development yeah and i love 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 yeah that's a good quote that i am really good being developed so monday morning don't quote me on this. <laughs> UPS. Here I come. Right. So I'll just be, I just, you know, I, that is one of my goals before I leave and put in my two weeks there is I would love for, um, that to kind of come in, in that little timeline in my time there come, uh, full circle is the, the Chris that's at church. The Chris that's around you is the Chris that's at his parents, is definitely the one that's at yeah. in, in um, being a supervisor at UPS, and that's I think awesome. that would be yeah. a very cool picture because
0: definitely that isn't me. Yeah, like I no, <laughs> we all need to grow in that and be more, have more integrity, more more consistent in in every area of our life. Yeah, it is even
1: even my pastors talk about. They brought it up a couple times, and I'll just start laughing because I'll be like, "Oh, they are human when they talk about." <laughs> um, Uh, Road rage. I think each of them at one point within the past year (laughs) have mentioned how it's not easy when someone cuts them off or something traveling at some point. And I'm just like, I I love that about um, my pastors and other ones that I've seen online is when they let their their human side come out and and they acknowledge things like that. That's good. So it's very much so. Um, Once again, Ben, thank you for so much for coming here to our beautiful mansion in Budapest (laughs) (laughs) where we're recording from.
0: But can you end us with a prayer? Heavenly Father, thank you for the opportunity to talk about what it means to be a godly person, and I pray that you would help all of us, um, our listeners included, to point other people to Christ. I pray that you would help us to get over our own egos and uh, desires and passions, that our souls would thirst after you and long to promote your glory uh, for the sake of your kingdom, and because that's what's really best for each person. And we ask these things in Christ's name. Amen.
1: Amen. Thank you so much, Ben.